Groups are the heart of God and the heart of this church. In a large church, it's easy to come and to go and never connect with anyone. And so many people, they come in, they say, I don't know anyone. How are you going to get to know someone is in a group. It's a big part of what we do. I want to encourage everyone to go in the North Lobby after the service, reach out to someone that's there, interest, Bible study, sermon-based, whatever it may be, join our groups, get connected to the body of Christ. Did you guys notice our new screens? Okay. Well, let me give you a little story of these screens. So in 2009, this building, because we had defective steel, we had sinkhole, whatever, it went way over budget. And so the things that were pulled out of the budget were the production value of our worship and lights. And we were supposed to have this screen back in 2009. Back in 2009, this type of screen cost $500,000. Yeah, just to put it in perspective. Perspective's good. A few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, Pastor Chris called me and he said, Pastor Glenn, there's a church in Ohio that has a screen that is about four or five years old. They're just trying to get, they have all these different campuses. They want all the screens to be the same. So they're selling this. And he said, for the whole screen with all the pieces, it's $75,000. And I said, well, that's better than 500. And today these screens new cost about 250 to 300,000. And I thought, oh, I said, I can't, we can't do that. And so me and Pastor Tim, we got together with Pastor Andrew, and we were talking about what we would do. And of course, I said, Chris, let's talk them down. It's a church, part of the body of Christ. And so they called, and we went back and forth, and they said, the bottom line is $57,000. And I said, we'll offer them 50000 And they said, no, 57 is as low as we can go. And me and Pastor Tim, we were together, and we said, you know what? Let's just wait on God. I don't want to pay $57,000 for this screen. We're just going to wait on God. One hour later, there was a couple that wanted to meet with me. So they came in. In fact, me and Tim, we prayed, God, whatever you want, we want. We want to do things with excellent. It doesn't this bring glory to God. You know, you could see the scriptures very clearly in the song. And we said, let's just wait on God. So we fleece God. This couple came in and they said, Pastor Glenn, God's really put it on our heart to do something for the church. And I said, wonderful. That's great. I love it when God puts it on your heart to do something for the church. I'll always take those appointments. And, and I said, well, that's wonderful. And they said, is there anything that you really want or need for the church right now? And I said, well, what are you talking about? Some people, they say, well, we want to do something substantial. Substantial could be $500. It could be $5,000. It could be $10,000. That's substantial. And I didn't want to throw anything out because I didn't want them to go, well, we're not doing that kind of a thing. And they said, well, it's $50,000 that we want to do. And I said, Lord, Lord, this, is a pretty, this doesn't happen very often. And I said, you're not going to believe this opportunity we have to have this huge LED wall that's just going to enhance our worship experience. And the cost is $57,000. Right when I said that, they said, done, the entire amount. We're paying it all. So... 
I think, church, we could give God glory because he's right on time. I think it's good to celebrate, isn't it? Well, we've come through a very difficult week this week in our nation. There's so much disappointment in the air. There's such division in our country. There's confusion. People are coming to me so discouraged. I don't know what to do. Pastor Glenn, what do we do? This is what we do, church. It never changes. It never changes what we do. This is what we do as a church and as the body of Christ. We pray. 21 days of prayer and fasting is right on time for this church and for this nation. I wanna encourage you to come out this Wednesday night as we kick off the 21 days. In your weekend guide, you'll see the schedule. I wanna encourage you, put this on your refrigerator. If we're not gonna pray now, church, when are we gonna pray? It's time to pray and seek God. So what is fasting? Setting aside something. In the Bible, it talks about food and things that may bring distraction. For a lot of people, it might be social media. It'd probably be a good time to get off the news and social media. It just keeps everyone so stirred up. But whatever God puts on your heart to do, do what he says, because fasting and prayer aligns our heart with God's heart. That's what we want. So we're gonna pray. We're gonna to continue to trust God in all of these things with our nation. There's none of this that caught God by surprise. I wanna encourage you with that. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's on the throne. God's sovereign. We say it, but do we believe it? We walk it out every single day. Trust God. Continue to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and continue to love people. This is not the time to engage in a divisive way. This is a time more than ever to let our light shine in a world that's dark, in a world that's divided, in a world that needs Jesus more than ever. Let the church of God rise up and be the church. Amen? I believe that 2021, God gave me the word, is restoration. So I wanna encourage you, go into this year with an expectation to reset your life, to prioritize God in your life, your prayer time, time to get in the word more than ever. You have questions? I have answers. You need peace? Here it is, right here in God's word. You're confused? Align your heart with the word of God. You want direction in your life? It's all right here in the Word of God. Spend time in His Word. Believe God for miracles. Believe that God's gonna bring restoration, number one, to this nation, to the church. This is not the time for the church to divide. This is the time for the church to come together and be the church that God's called us to be. Allow Him to restore what the enemy's stolen. For a lot of people, it's been jobs, it's been marriages, it's been kids, it's been, God wants to restore what the enemy has tried to steal in your life. I dare you to believe. I dare you to pray. See God like you've never sought God before. And let's see what God's gonna do in 2021, not only in your life, but in this church. And I believe that God's getting ready to do something great in our nation. Can we pray together for our nation right now? Father, Align our hearts with you, I pray. Father, in a divided nation that we're facing right now, bring peace. 
Bring restoration, bring healing. Father, bring the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what this nation was founded on, the principles of your word and the principles of Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of this nation. Draw this nation, lead, let the church lead this nation to our knees to seek after you like we've never sought after you before. Rise up, Lord, rise up and allow your name to be glorified in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for praying with me. I wanna welcome all those that are watching online. You are part of our family. There's some of you I haven't seen in months. We're praying for you, we love you. You're a big part of this family. Don't think that you're not. You are loved, those that are watching either online now live or those that are watching in the replay. Church, let's welcome all those that are watching with us online right now. I wanna encourage you to take out your notes that are in your weekend guide as we start in part two of a series we've called The Time is now. When is the time? The time is right now. I want to talk to you today, not as a pastor to church members, I want to talk to you today as a man that is called by God to a group of people that are also called by God. As a follower of Christ, every single one of us have been chosen, uniquely gifted, empowered by God, all of these things, God knew you before you were ever born. Before you were in your mother's womb, God knew you. He called you, set you apart to make a difference in this world. Last week, we started with the verse in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And this is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. And he says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, that's a big thing for Paul to beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Let's just pause a minute. Let that sink in. God wants us as believers to live a life worthy of our calling. You're chosen. You're set apart. Church isn't some add-on to our life. So many people, well, church is a little part of what I do. This, I go to church, and I got, I got to click off my spiritual thing. I got my money thing. I got this, my hobby thing. I got my, no, that's not what church is. God's called us, the church, not to just go to church and to hear his word and to worship him and to be discipled. God's called us to be the church. We are a living organism called by God to be a light and a beacon of light in this world. Some of you know, especially in this complicated and painful culture that we're living in, so many people have come to me over these last months and they're feeling physically drained, emotionally exhausted, spiritually discouraged. How many ever feel that with all the things going on around us? It's easy to do that. But listen, we have an enemy that wants to destroy you. Understand that. He doesn't want to just beat you. He wants to absolutely destroy you. And if the devil can't destroy you, what he'll do is he'll try to bring discouragement in your heart. He does that to all of us. That's his job. That's his assignment, is to discourage us and get us away from other believers, get us out of the church and isolate us. But that is not the heart of God. People ask me all the time, Pastor Glenn, in the middle of all this, there's, there has been a weight this year, without a doubt. There's been a heavy thing that the church and other pastors have gone through. 
They ask you, you ever get discouraged? Pastor Glenn, don't you ever get fatigued? Are you ever spiritually exhausted or have self-doubts? Face spiritual opposition? How do you keep your passion for all these years? Let me tell you how I keep my passion after all these years. I'm called to this. I'm called by God. You are called by God to make a difference with the life that God's given you, your unique calling, and that's what we're talking about today. Reclaiming your calling. The time is now to reclaim your calling. Can you say amen to that? So what am I called to? Most people, they they think I'm called to a job or a ministry. We talked about that last week. God cares about who you are before what you do. Today, there are three things that I wanna encourage you that each one of us are called to one of these three things as we begin this message. Number one, in your notes, God calls you to salvation. First and foremost, the very first thing that God does is he calls us to, found, to salvation. Before he calls you to a job or a ministry, he calls each one of us unto himself because he desires a personal, loving relationship with you as an individual. That's hard to believe. God Almighty, the God that created all of the galaxies and the earth and the heavens, wants to have relationship with us individually? Yes, that's the God that we serve. Jesus didn't come to call the righteous, but he came to call sinners unto repentance. The Bible says he didn't come for the healthy, but he came for the sick. And he calls you to come to Jesus to be transformed by Jesus and the Spirit of God. How many have experienced salvation? What a wonderful, wonderful thing that is that we are all called to. The second thing that we're called to is we're called by God to sanctification. Sanctification, what does that mean? God's called us to be set apart. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. God's called us to be set apart. He calls us out of the world to be saved and sanctified, to live a holy life. We're not called to look like the world, smell like the world, do what the world does. We're called to be a light in this world. Each one of us are called for that. That is sanctification. Set apart. You know, when I was a youth pastor, our high school ministry here, it was called Set Apart. So people say, hey, you want to come to Set Apart? They knew. That's a big deal. So many people, they want to kind of walk on the line of sanctification. God's called you to get away from the line and to live a holy life. Can you say amen to that? Number three, God's called you to service, to use your unique gifts, your talents, not just in the church, but in the world that we live in. Every single one of us are called by God to make a difference, not only in this world, which is a big scope, but in our world. There's people that are in your world that only you can impact. Only you could speak into their life. There's people in your life that will only listen to you, but it's up to us to be obedient. You see, our calling could be very specific or it could be very broad. Colossians chapter three, verse 17. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. But so many people, they say, I don't feel like I'm ready. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. How can God use me to make a difference in this world? How he will use you 
is by being obedient. When he says to you to speak, speak. When he tells you to pray, pray. When he tells you to witness, witness. When he tells you just to say a kind word, say a kind word. When he tells you to send a text to someone that's hurting, send a text to someone that's hurting. When he tells you to forgive, you need to forgive. But Pastor Glenn, I'm still living in sin. Well, I wanna encourage you with this. We're never gonna be cleaned up enough. There's none righteous in this world. No, it says in Romans, not one. But God will clean you up as you are going because that's what the Spirit of God does. He cleans you up. Look around today. How many of you thought one day you would be in church on a Sunday morning? Think back when you first received salvation. I told first service, you're in first service. Would you have thought about that before you met Jesus Christ face to face? Most of you are like, no, I would have never thought that. But here you are because Jesus Christ radically changed your life. And he wants to use you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Paul's talking to the church of Corinth, and he says, brothers and sisters, think of where you were when you were called. Think about that. Think about when you were far from God, but yet he called you. Think about the circumstances that led to your salvation. It wasn't by chance the people that you may have ran into. There's people that just drove by our church and they felt like, I, I wanna go to that place. There's some people that drive by our church, they think it's a mall. I mean, hey, if God's called you to come in here and shop, hey, find some Jesus in the shopping mall. <laughs> think about where you were before you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. In the Glen IV, that's saying, before you knew Jesus, many of you were doing some dumb things. That's the Glen Ivy. Right. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. You see, who does God call? He calls the untrained, the unqualified, the unprepared, what the world would say are spiritual nobodies. If you feel like a spiritual nobody, Boom, you are right where you need to be. God wants to call you to do great things to make a difference in this world. In your notes, God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called. Aren't you glad? I can remember when I was 17 years old, I was in a service in the 1100 building in downtown Clearwater. That was the third location of this church. 12th floor of an office building. It was a Sunday night service and our founding pastor was given an altar call. And he gave the altar call, people responded. I felt the Holy Spirit drawing me in. And I was in a battle. Have you ever had that where you feel the heart? My heart was pumping, my heart was beating. I could just feel I was in this battle. And he gave the altar call, was about to close the service. And he said, I know there's someone that God's dealing with right now. And we're not gonna move until a decision is made. And I'm just like, and I, I did what a lot of y'all do during the altar call. And as I peeked, he's looking right at me. It was like me, Pastor Lloyd, and God. And I went down that altar, and that's where I really experienced what it meant to give my whole life to God. It was the beginning. It was there that I dedicated my life to the Lord, and I knew that God had called me to be a light. No matter where I was, I was called. I met salvation. I became set apart. At all my jobs, people, they knew that I was a Christian. They knew that I was a believer. When I worked at the post office for 10 years, they called me the church boy. They wouldn't invite me to their parties, but I wouldn't have went anyway. 
But you know what they did invite me to? They invited me when they were in crisis to go to the break room so that I could pray with them and talk to them about what God wants to do in their life. That's what God will do when you set yourself apart. And then I began to serve. Almost immediately, I began to serve. And whatever door that God opened for me, I walked through that door and I served faithfully. In 1995, God called me out of the post office to be a full-time pastor. It wasn't something that I asked for. It wasn't something that I was looking for. It was something that I was scared of, but I stepped out in obedience. When I stepped out of obedience, it wasn't like everybody said, that's great. Elaine's family thought I was nuts. My wife's dad was like, what are you doing? I'm okay with you doing this teaching a Sunday school class. I'm okay with you doing this youth thing as a hobby, but I want you to take care of my daughter. You're supposed to have a real job. I'm like, well, this is a real job, sir, sir. (laughs) The people I worked at the post office, they're like, are you crazy? You're leaving a million dollar retirement to go watch kids? But you see, sometimes the criticism from people actually confirms your calling. It's not gonna be a popular thing when you step up and do what God's called you to do, no matter what it is. But I knew I was called to do it, so nothing was gonna stop me from being faithful to the call. It didn't make sense to the people around me. You see, that's what God does. God does things that don't make sense. And what he's looking for us to do as his people, as his children, is to be obedient even when it doesn't make sense. I'm not telling you to go quit your job. I want to make sure you know that. Don't quit your job. I'm just telling you my story, okay? So if somebody quits their job, and they're like, no, don't, I'm not telling you to do that. But there, in your calling, there's things that are going to happen. I want to share you two qualities of calling. Number one, calling costs. Calling costs. When you see in the New Testament when Saul was on the road to Damascus and he got the call for salvation from the Lord, he was blinded by a light, he was blind, and then God sent a man by the name of Ananias to come and to deliver to Paul, then Saul, a message that was so important. Now, When Ananias came to him, he didn't give him the message that maybe Saul was looking for. He didn't say, hey, just so you know, you're building a very strong resume that's going to help you in ministry in the future. He didn't say that. He didn't say that you're going to get a book deal. He didn't say that you're going to be popular. He didn't say one day you're going to be really great with the ladies because Christian ladies just love pastors. He didn't say any of those things. This is what Ananias said in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 15 says, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he will suffer for my name. Isn't that encouraging? Church, you are called by God to suffer. And there is a cost that comes with a calling. Whether you're called at your job, maybe you're called in a mothers and prayer group, maybe you're called in your school, your college, definitely your family, it comes with a cost. The moment you step into your calling, you have to step out of your comfort zone. 
1995, I moved from the post office, which was very comfortable. I made good money. It was a government job, great health insurance. And I gave that up, even though it was the most boring thing in the world, to step into truly my greatest fear that I had. My greatest fear was to get up in front of people and to talk. I love one-on-one. There were times I thought that I was gonna be a counselor, that was easy, that was comfortable, but my greatest fear was to get up in front of people. In high school, you know my story, the speech teacher said, never get into public speaking. You're the worst we've ever seen. Don't ever do it. I won't. In 1995, I did. And I had to face this deep area of pain, insecurity, and fear every week of my life since 1995. So every time that I would preach to young people, it didn't matter. I was nervous when I was teaching four and five-year-olds. When I started, I put on clown makeup just so I could hide. I was the joy clown for five years. Hey, boy and girl. I know that looked too natural. You can edit that off of the thing. Every Wednesday night when I was going to share to the young people, I was nervous. I had fear. Even as a senior pastor, I would be so nervous that I was going to say something dumb. Sometimes I say something dumb. Don't judge me. It's okay. But I was fearful. I was stressed. But God stretched me. See, God will call you out of your comfort zone so that you can stretch. But as you stretch, you're always going to grow. For some of you, just to tell someone that you're friends with that you're a believer and then if they have a prayer need, that's a big deal. But when you step out in the small things, God will prepare you for the larger things that he has. You see, God often uses in your notes our deepest pain to launch our greatest calling. What if I would have allowed fear to have held me back? I would have lived a life of mundane fearful, insecurity, stuck, paralyzed, and I would have wasted my life. But I had to step out of my comfort zone to move into the call that God had on my life, just like you, in your workplace or wherever you are. Step out of your comfort zone and begin to be obedient because God wants to use you. It's not always easy. There's times you're gonna be rejected. There's gonna be times you're misunderstood. There's people that may laugh at you. Believe me, there were people laughing at me when I was at the post office. Thought I was crazy. The spiritual attacks, oh my goodness, there are spiritual attacks because when you're obedient, the enemy's gonna do everything in his power to knock you back, to defeat you, to discourage you. But we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Can you say amen to that? Private pain is a big part of our public calling. You see, serving Jesus, it's a gift, but it's also a grind. Living your call, it's a thrill to live out the call of God on your life where you know that you're right where God wants you to be. It's such a thrill. But when you're walking in obedience, there's also a burden. Why has Helping Hands gotten so big? Because we have a burden to feed the needy, to help the hurting. There's a burden that goes along with the thrill. Ministry is exhilarating at times to look and to see lives that are getting changed on a weekly, almost daily basis. It's exhilarating, but there's times that it's exhausting. 
if following Jesus isn't the greatest gift and the greatest burden, you're probably not doing something right. God never said it was going to be easy. God never said it was going to be comfortable. But I want to tell you, there's nothing more fulfilling than being obedient to God in our own personal calling that he has in our life. See, the biggest enemy of calling is comfort. Never sacrifice your calling on the altar of comfort. In America, it's very easy to do. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I might lose this. I might... No. Don't allow comfort to rob you of what God's called you to do. So, number one, calling costs. The second thing in your notes, calling sustains. Calling carries you. It keeps you going. How did Paul endure? How was Paul faithful, even though at times he had to have been discouraged and bitter and wanted to quit? Think about Paul. He was persecuted. He was tortured. He was whipped five times with 39 stripes, nearly drowned. He was stoned. Not recreationally, he was stoned with stones. He was snake bitten. He was beaten and left for dead. But Paul was faithful to the call. He felt abandoned, betrayed, falsely accused, wrongly imprisoned. What did he deserve to do when so many other people would have fallen away? What did Paul do? In your notes, Paul didn't finish because he was competent. Paul finished because he was called. Paul finished the race strong because he knew that he was called by God to endure, to persevere, and to complete the calling that God has for him. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 13. I love this verse, and it's such an important verse as we look at the new year and we reset our priorities. It says, forgetting what is behind. This is hard for us. Oftentimes we just look at what's behind, and we look at our failures, we look at our past, and we walk in shame, and shame holds us back from the call of God that he has on our life. Paul says, forget what is behind, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul, he kept the faith, he finished the race. We're called to do the same. Reclaim your calling today. We're called to salvation. We're called to sanctification. We're called to service. I want you to know, this past year, these last 12 months, it's not been easy in ministry. We didn't have church for three months. As pastors, you know how hard that is? To not be able to see, pastors is all, we, we're serving the people. We're loving our people. We didn't see our people for three months. The racial challenges that came up this year were immense but we stood, and we are a light, and we're always going to wrap our arms around everyone. Every person matters. The political tension is like no other time I've ever seen in my lifetime. There were times I felt like, man, it'd be easier just to sit in a box and throw letters. Whew, this is hard. It'd be easier just to be a salesman. But you see, God's calling is never easy. But in the midst of his calling, God is always faithful. Know that. No matter what you're going through, no matter how you feel, God is always faithful. So we can't stop. We won't quit. We are called to do this. 
We're called to do it in Jesus' name. We're not going to go away. We're not going to let it go. We're not going to ease up. We're going to stand and continue to be the church that God's called us to be in Jesus' name. Remember, church, you're a light. You're an ambassador. You are representing Jesus Christ to the people all around you in your world. We offer hope when someone is lost. When people are searching, we can show them the way because we know the way because of the word of God. When someone's discouraged, God wants to use you. He wants to use us to encourage them. You have the answer. Jesus is the answer. Say that with me. Jesus is the answer. You're called to bring hope to a broken and a lost people, to bring them back to God, a God who loves them and has a plan for them. Yes, you, the church, are called by God to stand strong and to rise up in the midst of all that's happening around us. Paul said it himself. He was hard-pressed on every side, but he was not crushed. He was perplexed, but not in despair. He was persecuted, but not abandoned. He was struck down, but he was not destroyed. We may have all these things happen around us, but we will not be in despair. We are not abandoned. We are not destroyed. We are not crushed. God is with us, and he's going to see it through to the other side. Maybe you're here today and God's saying, this message is for you. Reclaim the call that God has on your life. Think back when you used to feel it so passionately, whatever it is, run to it. Run to what God's called you to do. Maybe COVID took you off your spiritual game. It's not a game, but just took your mind off of what really the priorities spiritually are. But I want you to know, In Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Another translation says, the call of God is irrevocable. It can't be revoked, can't be recalled, can't be repealed, can't be annulled, withheld, or withdraw. Reclaim your calling today because the call of God is on each one of your lives. Can you say amen? Amen. I wanna speak this verse over you before we close. I want you to receive this word. Speak it over your life, even as I'm praying it and saying it over you today. It's 2 Thessalonians chapter one, starting in verse 11. It says, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. Lord, I pray, God, that the power of the Holy Spirit would be glorified in us. Father, that the call of God that's on each one of our lives to be a light in this world would rise up. Let the church rise and bring healing to a broken world. Let your spirit rise in us, even in the brokenness of ourselves, so that you may be glorified. Father, that's what you do. You bring healing, you bring hope, that you may be glorified. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, we're gonna have something special here at the end, but before we do that, there's people in here right now that has never received the first call. The first and most important thing that you'll ever receive is salvation. You see, it's by grace 
that Jesus came and we receive him through faith. It's a gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. It's a gift to receive the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It's not about what you've done in the past because God will restore what the enemy has stolen from you. Jesus came to this earth to give his life for the redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. But it's up to us to receive that gift of salvation, to allow forgiveness to come into our heart so that we can walk free, free from our sins. You see, see, who the Son sets free is free indeed. But it starts by the receiving of the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. If you're here today, maybe you're watching online, when I count to three, if that's you, we, nobody looking around, this is between me, you, and God. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Glenn, I wanna receive that free gift today. I wanna receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I wanna rededicate my life to God. I wanna give him all, I wanna start this year right where Jesus Christ is on his rightful place in my heart, the throne of my heart, the foundation of who I am is in Christ. When I count to three, if that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise it up high. Hands going up all over. Yes, 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 yes. See your hands. Looking up. God bless. See that whole area in the back? Yes. Coming over to the middle section to my right, your left. Yes, 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 yes. I see your hands and yours and yours. Awesome. I want to just say a prayer. When I'm saying this prayer, I want you just in your heart of hearts to just pray along with me. You don't have to do it out loud, but just pray along with me as I pray and receive the grace of God today in your heart. Lord, I just thank you for who you are. You're such a good God. You're so faithful. I thank you, Lord, for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might know life. Today, I give you my whole life. I put you on the rightful place of my heart. You are my king. You are my God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of all the things that I've done wrong, not pleasing to you. And today's a new day. And I receive you Lord Jesus, as my God, my Savior, my friend, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give the Lord a great praise offering today that he's so worthy of? I thought here we are at the beginning of the year. What a perfect time to end the service receiving God's blessing. This is a song you can listen to. It's a song you can pray along with. Don't just listen to the melody, but allow this message of this song to go deep into your spirit because I believe that God wants to pour out his blessing upon you like never before. Could we all stand together and receive this blessing from the Lord?
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. We love you, church. We love you. God is good. We will see you on Worship Wednesday. Thank you, Countryside, so much for tuning in with us today. If you made the decision to follow Jesus, this is the biggest decision you've ever made, and it's only the beginning of an eternity with God. Your life will never be the same, and we are so happy for you. We're here for you. We want to help you. We want to pray for you. So if you need prayer for any reason at all, go to countryside.cc prayer. But we'll see you guys next week.